Welcome to Operators Only, the podcast for entrepreneurs and decision makers. Join us as we dive deep into the journey of business ownership. From the exhilarating highs to the challenging lows, we will explore the good, the bad, and the ugly. Get ready to gain insight, strategies, and inspiration from seasoned operators who have successfully grown their companies. Discover the secrets, the lessons learned, and the invaluable wisdom that come from these real-world experiences. Well, welcome to the Operators Only Podcast. With me today is my homeboy, Drewby, a.k.a. Andrew Wilson. You guys refer to him as Drewby until otherwise noted. Who the fuck Today, is bro, he? welcome, man. I'm glad to have you finally. It's been a little bit coming, but we've uh, aligned the stars. How are you this morning? I am crushing my day, sir. How about yourself? That's it, man. That's all we do around here. We crush the day. What's good, man? Let's talk. Let's, Let's talk. talk, man. Thanks for uh, having me on here. I'm excited to jump in and share a little bit of value. I know you've got a, a great audience of small business owners and entrepreneurs and folks that are just genuinely trying to get shit done and make a difference, you That's know, right. operating, getting things Operate. handled. And so I'm excited to jump in, share some value, maybe learn a thing or two while I'm here. And yeah. then... Uh, you know, do some cool stuff. Hang out with somebody I appreciate. Well, obviously you weren't birthed out of the canal, a badass business dude. You came up through the struggle like we all have. We found our way. Let's touch a little bit on, on your past. Obviously I know you, my people don't know you, but they will. So old Andrew, 300 plus pounds, insurance agent, fucking miserable as we all used to be. Right. Not all of us were 300 pounds, but we were all miserable before we worked for ourselves. Started getting in sales in 08. Let's talk a little bit about the journey. I want to know, you know, where was it? What was the, the revelation you had that said, fuck this change has to happen? You know, man, I went through a couple of iterations on that journey, right? So you want to talk 08, we could even go back to 98. Let's talk, in let's sales. talk back in 98. Let's like, do it. <laughs> you're just going back, man. I've been in sales my whole life. Yeah. And when I recognized it, it was because, like, I came up degenerate background. I got into selling reefer and just about anything and everything I could get my hands on uh, in middle school and high school. And then, you know, you fast forward through college where I dropped out three weeks into the semester after realizing in the middle of a class that my phone was ringing for people that wanted to give me their money. <laughs> and I was sitting in this fucking class listening to kids that were like, how do I put the lens on my camera? And I'm going, what the fuck am I getting a photography degree for? Like, I can shoot my own photos. I can do my own shit. I've been doing this for years. What is a degree going to get me right. other than a job at a moto photo? And I don't know if you guys remember those, but that was like those little don't uh, sleep on the picture styles, bro. <laughs> hey, they they have a good franchise model. When you understand yeah. franchising and that such up, like they got it sit figured out. But as an employee of a Moto Photo, it ain't gonna set you up for success. And so I got into selling insurance. Kind of long story short, I was selling insurance. As you said, I was about three hundred pounds. I wasn't really happy. I wasn't fulfilled. But I had what most people would consider kind of like the dream. I worked nine to five. I didn't have to work weekends. I was married. We owned a house. I had a kid. Like things were relatively good, let's say. But I wasn't happy. Right. We talked about that. Like most business owners at this point, we will be the only people to work 80 hours a week. So we don't have to work 40 for somebody else. 
right. which is funny because now I'm more of an intrapreneur and I still work with a lot of different people. So different and conversation <laughs> and more, way more hours. But, you know, when you think back, like going back to that person, I always had the grind. I had the hustle. I just didn't have the right guidance. I didn't have the right people around me to help understand like, hey, man, the work that you're doing is great. But if you just did it one degree this direction or that direction, you'd get 10x of results than what you're getting right now, beating your head against the wall, trying to do the same thing over and over, expecting some sort of different result. Oh, yeah. So what was the first step for you? Like, you've had enough, the breakthrough. What was the first thing that threw you into this forward momentum that you still carry today? First thing that happened to me, my son was born. And I realized I can't be a fucking degenerate drug dealer forever because you can sell insurance and sell reefer and nobody really cares. But when you have a kid and there's like other things involved, can't live that life forever. Well, maybe if I was in a legal state, I guess. But back then, right, 10 years ago, (laughs) (laughs) we didn't have that mindset. It wasn't the same then. And so, so like for me, it was having a son and then getting to a point where I realized like even with insurance, I was successful, but I was up against the glass ceiling. I could only go so far as to the people around me, especially, you know, the the fellow I was working for at the time, which he gave me all kinds of opportunity and I'm extremely grateful for. But when you're on a team of people and only so many people on the team want to push forward at a certain pace, you can only move so fast as the slowest guy on your team in a team sport. And business is a team sport. Right. You know, all entrepreneurs think they're going to be self-made, but the truth is you can't do shit by yourself. Or you quickly realize how fast you're going to burn out trying to do it all wearing every hat. That's right. So me finding that moment where I was overweight, unhappy, had a kid at home, was doing all the things that I was like supposedly supposed to be doing in life and still not feeling happiness. Right. That was when I started going into like personal development and and really changing how I approached my day versus like waking up and just, all right, let's see what happens today. It was more so, okay, I'm going to get up. I'm going to be intentional. I'm going to do X, Y, and Z with the potential result of this, this, and this, and let's see what happens. And then you just start measuring it and what gets measured gets improved. And I mean, my, my life in the last five years is a testament to that measurement of improvement. Yep. Trackers, baby. Tracking the tracking system. So you mentioned a couple really good and deep pieces there. Um, the first one, I think, is is the daily schedule, right? And and literally, like you said, waking up not in the ambiguity of, like, what am I going to do today? But waking up with a strict schedule of action items that you know you can go execute on. And I think the importance of that even comes back to, like, what time are you getting your fat ass out of bed? Like what time are you waking up to get after it? Is it the seven thirty, eight o'clock in the morning? Or are you up in the 4 a.m. club with us? And I think it's important because once you realize like getting up early just to get up early is bullshit. Get up early so that you can relatively knock out half your day before the next group of people wake up. And so for me, that's kind of what I think about in the morning. Like, it, dude, it sucks every single day getting up for sure. No one wants to do it. But then it's like I've got the gym done, cold plunge done, breakfast done, spend time with the kids, done some things that I wanted to get done for the day. Then I can go and attack the process of, like, helping other people, 
right? So tell me a little bit about your morning routine and setup. So I'm going to, I'm going to give you a little bit of my routine, but I'm also going to, I'm going to hit the audience with a couple of bind bending questions. So like my morning, I'm like you, I get up at 4am. First thing I do is I reach over and I grab my wife's butt and I go, oh, thank God she's still there. Thank you, God. Thank you, angels. Thank you, vice best. And then I like kind of creep over and I look and make sure my kid's in the other room, right? Because at one point in my life, I was so selfish and focused on me that I almost lost my family, yep. right? My wife gave me her wedding ring back and was like, hey, man, you're married to the job, not your family. Like, fuck, Jeez. figure out what you want. Yeah, it was on Christmas Eve, too. It was a hell of a Christmas that year, bro. <laughs> uh, that's a different conversation for later in the, yeah, in the story here. But, like, there, <laughs> <laughs> um, my morning is based around making sure, like you said, my shit is done. Because I know it, it, at any given point of the day, there's only so much time. So here's the two mind-bending questions that I like to hit people with. A, do you know what your time is worth? Because the majority of entrepreneurs and business operators, right? They left an hourly position because they wanted more money. But what they don't realize is they are still hourly employees in their business. And so when one of those things that happened to me, like when I was selling insurance was I was also figuring out marketing and learning how to get my own leads so I could make more sales because the more leads I had, the more sales I could make, the more sales I could make, the more money I could make. It's kind of just logical progression. I got a shout out from Ryan. He's like, hey, here's a guy that's using my software. He's doing good. You guys should check it out. And a lady calls. She says, hey, I saw that you're doing well. How much for an hour of your time? Okay, well, I'm an hourly employee. So I'm thinking, well, if I make 20 bucks an hour plus commissions and it's just that whatever, okay, 25 plus it's a weekend, so time and a half. You start realizing like, oh, fuck, 25 bucks an hour is all I'm worth? Because here's the thing, most people don't ever do that math. So I'm going to help the, the listener do that math. Whatever you made last year, 100 grand, 200 grand, 50 grand, break that down by 2000. Because if you work a typical nine to five job, 50 weeks a year, where you take a two week vacation, you work 50 weeks, 40 hours a week, that's 2000 hours. If you made 100 grand last year, you're worth 50 bucks an hour. It's real simple math. Yeah. And take that a step even further, right? Before you go on. Now, you know, and and this goes to a little bit more maybe experienced or established business owners, but now you know whether you need to delegate or delete that task based on Mm. what the, what the cost of it is in your time. So when you're looking back and saying, well, why the hell am I, you know, for whatever reason, revenues down, whatever, I don't know, just name the issue. It's probably that you're lacking attention to that piece because you're spending your time doing other shit in your world that that literally needs to be put on someone else's plate. So once you have this down, this time and this value of your hour, it's not only going to change what you do in the morning, it's going to change everything you do in business moving forward because now you're going to get rid of shit you know you shouldn't be doing anyway, but you can put a number and a reason behind it. So that's really good shit right there. Let's keep on no i love that because it really leads me into part two of what i wanted to mention here because here's what happens everybody's operating as if they have an unlimited amount of time time is our only finite resource time and energy you can make more money you can't buy time you can't win it in a poker tournament nobody gives you a card full of it on your birthday so like time is limited but everyone's operating as if they have an unlimited amount of it 
and they'll get to whatever that thing is later. But here's what I know. Remember that number from the first part of this conversation, 25, 50, 100 bucks an hour, whatever that is? Yep. If you only had 24 hours left to live and I handed you a crispy $100 bill and said, hey, come with me, I need you for the next hour, what are you going to say? Yeah, of course not. Mm-hmm. You're yeah. going to have some expletives for me, some choice words. Polite. Polite decline and keep it Polite moving, decline. You know? <laughs> but there is a number. Somewhere, sure. there's a number, right? Like, well, fuck, man, if I only got 24, but I'm going to get a million... I might change my mind about what I'm willing to do in that next hour. Right. But most people have no idea and they're still operating as if they have unlimited time. But if you woke up every day with intention, as Keith mentioned early on, Hey, I'm going to get up and I'm going to drink water. I'm going to work out. I'm going to answer emails. And then I'm going to have breakfast with my kids every day. Imagine the impact that just that first three and a half to four hours every day could have on your entire life. It's massive. Well, it's not only massive in production of what you're going to get done in the day. It's massive in every other aspect, whether it's your relationship with your wife or your children or friends, family, whatever that is. Then you're going to be able to – you're obviously going to make more money, right, as a byproduct of that, which then what leads me to do what I love to do, which is give more, right? How how can I give back, whether it's time, right? And, you know, for me and you, uh, time is not cheap, right? So – I consider spending 30 minutes with someone to help them get their shit together, like a huge investment in that person, right? Just as I do, like handing someone 200 bucks, uh, you know, at dinner for a tip, whatever that is. But all of this shit comes with figuring out your time per hour, which then kind of creates a just a better rhythmic uh, transaction in your day. Get up on time, get up early, right? Knock out your bullshit that you got to do so that you can get to those hours where you can charge that amount of money. Well, and I think you mentioned it too. It's it's understanding when it comes decision time on, hey, there's two things in front of me that need to be accomplished. Which one am I going to give my energy? Because you can't ride two horses with one ass, right? Like, just it doesn't work. I mean, 300 pound, you might have been able to pull some shit off, but it would have been comical. I mean. I was thick, but I never had a fat ass. I suffer from a flat ass syndrome like uh, Hank from King of the Hill. Anyways, we're going to get off tangent here. But point is, like if you have, as every entrepreneur and business owner, you sit and look at the next hour, you probably have four to five different things that you can be working on. But which one do you need to give your attention? If you know which one is going to be the most highest return of your investment of your time and energy, well, then like you said, okay, if I make 50 bucks an hour, and I can take two of these three tasks off my plate and pay someone $40 to do those three tasks and go focus all of my energy on this one. Well, this one might generate me $1,000. Right. And that's where you become a true business operator versus a guy that's just in a business trying to fucking pull it all together. Yeah. So <clears throat> figuring out what your hour's worth, you know, waking up earlier, getting more organized and time blocking, right? We haven't really touched on what we do through the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. So for someone looking to make a change, right? First thing is like, get the fuck out of bed, right? That, that, uh, that DJ, get the fuck out of bed, bitch, go. Whatever that fucking <laughs> hype song is, dude, it comes to mind. But that needs to be, you know, your alarm clock. And a couple of things there, right? If, if you're one of these guys and, or, or ladies, who come up with that bullshit excuse like, I just have such a hard time hearing my alarm clock or getting up and I hit the snooze. Like, you're not ready. You're just not ready. So come back when you're ready. 
if you have a true problem like getting the fuck out of bed, throw your alarm clock in the bathroom and make that shit obnoxious. Like Here's someone's getting out of bed. If if you want it, you don't wait for the alarm clock. Like the guys I know, they have their alarm set at four o'clock, but they're at three thirty, rolling over, going, "Fuck, I should get up and just go." But yeah. I need, I, I know that if I don't stay in bed for this thirty minutes and actually get some sort of rest, like I will suffer. So like. You get to a point where you have to force yourself to stay in bed knowing damn well that alarm's going off in seven minutes. <laughs> You're like It's the worst seven minutes ever too, dude. <laughs> but you know what it, it to me, that's when I start focusing on the gratitude. When I start rolling in the morning and I'm like, All right, cool, it's gonna be time soon. What am I grateful for today? Yeah. My wife's still over there, like I got some things I gotta do today. I get to be on a podcast with Keith, that's gonna be fun. You know, I'm gonna do some hard work and then I'm gonna go and hang out with my family and we're gonna probably go in the pool because it's fucking 110 degrees in texas today but when you wake up with intention and you attack your day with intention it's very important so that this is my theory and process for a productive day because here's the thing maybe not everybody wants to get up at four i get it fuck you if you don't that's your excuse not mine but let's just break it down like this there's 24 hours in a day Everybody has to sleep for at least six to eight hours. That's just kind of an, there's no way around it. You have to sleep. So let's just take that off the top. Let's just take six off. That leaves us with 18 hours, meaning there's 18 hours of the day to get shit done. Right. What do I know in life is important? My family. That's what we all say is number one, right? Like family, relationships, legacy, whatever that thing is. And we have our business because we know we got to work on business and make money because money is the resource that we use to do all the other shit. And then we put ourselves last, which is kind of fucked up because we're supposed to be the ones that take care of all the people around us. But we put (laughs) ourselves last on the list of things to take care of. That's why we get fat. That's why we get lazy. That's why we get hurt. That's why we get sick, because we don't take care of ourselves. But most of you have been on an airplane in the last 12 months or at some point in your life. And the first fucking thing they tell you is, hey, if something happens, put your own oxygen mask on first. Because if you can't take care of yourself, you're literally a burden to everybody else around you. And here we are, the majority of people around us, not us specifically, but in life as a whole, they put themselves last, which is why shit's so goofed up. But when you get up early and you take care of yourself and you go and you walk for 30 minutes instead of being a lazy ass and just scrolling Instagram, which you can walk and scroll Instagram too. I promise I do that shit in the morning. I've seen you do it. I've done it. But like, that's the difference, man. So if you think about it, three things in life that are important, family, business, yourself, put yourself first, put your family second, put your business third. And I know that's going to fuck with a lot of people, but here's how you structure it. When you look at your day, there are non-negotiables that need to get done. And if you've ever spent six hours on a specific thing that you were really excited about, spending six hours in bed with your wife, spending six hours hanging out, building Legos, doing whatever with the kids, not having to worry about other shit, you can have a lot of fun and get a lot of shit done in six hours. If you operated every day of your life as if this was the six hours that you were going to change your entire life with, how much more could you get done? Because if you just spent six hours focused on your business, calling leads, building relationships, getting shit done, making sure to delegate things off of your plate that aren't serving your best interest and time and investment, think how much farther along in life you get. But no, people are still out here 
fucking around. I got time. I'll get to that later. Hey, when we get to six figures, that's when we'll start investing in marketing. Mm -hmm. Hey, when I, I hit my first million, I'll hire my guy. Get out of that bullshit. You don't have time. Time is the last thing that you should be gambling with. Right. Sorry, I'm going to get off my box for a second. No, you're good. Oh, that there. brings up a lot of good shit, right? So it's like, you know, the excuse game is I don't have time, right? I think that's the most simplistic, most overused and bullshit excuse there is, but that's what everyone uses. So when you break that down, you can literally live three days in one day. Because if you can be that's intentional it. in six hours, like, let's really, let's peel the onion layer back. You work for someone, you go sit at a desk or a cubicle or whatever, you're not working eight hours. I guarantee you're working four if you count all the bullshit you do and talking to your buddy over here, Matt, and hearing about his bullshit, and then meeting Jill in the lunchroom and seeing the gossip, and then you're scrolling Facebook. You probably work four, maybe five full hours of a work day. If the so business if can, owner's lucky. It, correct. Right. And – so if you if you relate that same six hour period where you actually and just that's given some credit there, right? If you're actually gonna go work six hours, you have three full days of doing what you want. You wanna work, at least everyone that I know who owns their own company who's building a legacy and helping other people build legacies, they wanna be at work. Right? I have to be reminded not to come here. Like, hey, it's the weekend, you shouldn't be working. Okay, got it. Check. Guilty. Right. So if I'm spending six hours there and I'm intentional with that six hours of work, like that's a full day of work in six hours. So if we do that every day of the week, we pick up extra time over the competition. Right. But then I don't have to feel guilty when I go home and laying bed and just watch TV because that's what the wife wants to do or go do nothing with the kids because they truly want to do nothing but hang around and, and whatever, go swim, whatever that is. I can be fully present there and not be guilty of that. Oh, I just didn't get enough done because I ran out of time. You, your ass can sit at work 24 hours and run out of time. Well, here's what happens, man. This is why it happens. And this is, I think, the biggest rewire for me personally was realizing this is you get to a point where you're grinding and you're at work and you're fucking hammering and you're doing all the things. But in your head, you're like, shit, man, my wife's mad. I got to be at home. My kid's thing's going on. I got this. I got that. Like this holiday is coming up and then we're going to travel to this. Like you're thinking about all the shit that's going on at home. And then as soon as you walk in the door at home, you immediately go, fuck, I should have done this at work. I didn't call this guy back. I need to do this thing. I got this going on at the office. And so you're never really in one place or the other, and you're never right. giving it the full attention. That's right. And you internally have this incredible amount of guilt because you're constantly in this phase as though you're never giving enough to either one and you can't figure out why. And it's because you won't get out of your own fucking way and realize, hey, when I'm at the office, I'm at the office. When I'm at home, I'm at home. Don't fuck with me. Don't mess up my flow. Because when I'm in that mode, I'm ready to get shit done. Right. But when I'm getting shit done at home, I'm getting home shit done. Right. Don't bother me about work. That'll be during work time. Right. And when you make that switch and that realization, man, like it's like going full on robot Terminator mode. You just can't be stopped. It definitely changes the dynamic of how you operate. It's probably the hardest decision you'll make as a business owner. Next to when do you make your first hire? I think those are the two pieces mm. of the puzzle are like the worst fucking decisions ever for everyone. I, I mean, shit, me and you know some people that are, that are doing ungodly amounts of revenue in business. And there's the same feedback. Hey, I started making all this money when I got the fuck out of the CEO position and started looking at this as how do I market the company instead of run the company? Yep. And then... 
I started making more money on a junior level when I made that first hire, but it just took me too long, right? That's the same bullshit. So to your point of like being home and being home, right? So what else do you do? You turn off your phone. Like what, what tips and tricks can you throw out there that work for you? I know some that work for me, but again, this is another hard decision for people to, to disconnect, right? So I'm going to preface this with I am 100% not perfect and am totally guilty <laughs> of being way you too fucking perfect. focused on uh, <laughs> wanting to build. But for me personally, one of the things is, yes, um, plugging my phone in to charge and leaving it on the charger when I go and hang out with my kid is a good way to be more intentional because it's really easy to be like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to check this thing or I, like make a note for yourself to do something. And then all of a sudden you've sent like four threat, like messages and you got an email going and you look up and your kid's like, yo, what the fuck? We were playing ball. And you're like, oh, yeah, it's been five and a half minutes. I've been staring at my fucking phone now. Right. Sorry, kid. But you don't think about it because it's five minutes there. And then right. 10 minutes after that, it's another five minutes. And out of the hour that you were with your kid, you've actually been staring at your phone for like 20 minutes of it. Right. I know because I've done it. I'm, I'm guilty. So like plugging your phone in and just leaving it in the other room, very, very valuable. The other thing that I do is my son understands and my wife too, like we set intentional time on the calendar to do things. Yeah. Hey, dad has to go do this thing because it allows us to go and have this thing because. So like for us, we love going camping. And, and going out in that camper is like our favorite thing to do. And sometimes it's not the most convenient because I do have work that I need to do. So what we do is tell Anderson, our son, hey, in the morning, we're going to do this. And then you're going to go and do this thing that you enjoy while dad goes and does this thing that, you know, he enjoys because I love what I do. Right. But also the thing that I have to do so that we can continue doing all the things that we get. And then what we do is get him involved by saying, hey, if you go do this, this, and this and help us, it'll make it so daddy has to work less and we can go sooner to go do the thing we all want to do together. Sure. So we get him involved in the conversation of how he's actually helping by cleaning, taking care of whatever, you know, going through his schoolwork stuff, because to me, that's the future generation. I didn't have that as a kid. It was like, shut up, do your homework, fucking <laughs> fuck off. Yeah. Right. Kids should yeah. be seen, not heard. That wasn't my, my, my mom wasn't like that. My dad was a little more of a dick, but like that was the mentality. No, for us, we're, we want our son to think like an entrepreneur because that's how our brains work. We're an entrepreneurial yeah. family now. So we want him to be in the mindset of sometimes we do the work to earn the things that we want in life. He has a priority chart. When he does the things that he's supposed to do, he gets paid. He gets stickers at the end of the week. If his charts fully gets 10 bucks. Well, yep. yeah, that's kind of like a, a worker's mentality, but it also, when he goes above and beyond, he earns extra stickers. When he does something really cool, he gets extra stickers. And so just like as a business owner, when you put in the extra time and effort, you get rewarded for it. Yeah. I think that you touched on a good thing there, right? So we can back up to like getting up early and, and creating this well-established day of priorities. I do everything that I do to teach my kids that they don't have to go be enslaved. And I don't say that in a negative light, but an eight to five job. Like, can I take vacation? Can I go here? Can I do that? Hey, I'm thinking about getting married. Can I have two weeks off? Like, I don't ever want them to have to ask permission. So mm -hmm. we set the standard and, and I always tell them like, I don't have to be at the office to work. We can go anywhere in the world and work so long as I have a computer and internet. And if you guys want to go do that, then, then let's go travel, you know, and, and letting them know that the freedom of that stuff exists because I'm willing to do all the other shit that they don't see except for this morning, I get up, both kids are still on their phones talking to friends and shit. I'm like, it's 
four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> you know, they're out for summer, so they're doing their thing, and then they sleep all day. Yeah. So it's you know we're we're letting that slide for a little bit, but I want them to to look and and be able to say, and much like your son, and he already does, bro. Your your kid's a beast uh, in the Thank sales you. game already, but you can tell he understands like this has to get done so then I can go do this thing. Right. And I, I, I tip dude 20 bucks and then you tell me freaking less than eight hours later, Hey man, he, he paid that forward and tipped someone else your 20 bucks. And I'm like, he sure did. Well, I'm to to Annie. I know, man. He goes to show. He does like, he's learning, right. He's learning from what he sees done on a daily basis. And you may not be tipping people and giving money away, but that is the same as you giving your ear, your time, your effort, your energy, whatever the thing may be. It's a direct correlation of what he's experiencing, not only you at work, but you at home. So to, to be able to show our kids that, and if we don't, we I think all of us see where this world's heading. Like it's our duty to get these these kids to to not be attached to having to go apply for a job or having to go to college because they think this is the better way for them. You know, I think we can even go deeper than that, man. I think we can show kids the value of true relationships built on the giver's gain mentality. Like shout out to my wife, man. My wife is always looking for ways to teach my son these lessons about giving. Like one day she just had him buy a bunch of like all the roses at Kroger were on discount for a dollar a piece or something. So she had him buy a you know, 10 roses. And on the way out, he gave one to like a couple old ladies. And then he took some over to the school and gave some to the school teachers, like just a little thing that made 10 different people's day. Yeah. For him, it was a lesson yeah. for my wife. It was a way to buy all the flowers that she wanted to buy that she knew she couldn't bring home. So it was like a win for everybody. Right. Yeah, but win, win, baby. by win. pushing him to think about, Hey, how am I going to go above and beyond and, and give for somebody just for the benefit of them having the smile, that relationship building side of things is so valuable because man, as you get older and you and I can attest to this, like the ability to build a genuine relationship gets harder and harder because there are so many people out there that are just a transactional in relationship. Oh, yeah. you can give me money. Cool. Give me money cool now you get this thing whether it is, right. this is the thing you wanted or not this is how it works fuck you we're done the transaction's over nothing else after that whereas you and i are like hey i'm gonna pour in first i'm gonna give you 30 minutes of time i'm gonna hop on a strategy call i'm gonna give you all of the free stuff that i can so that you don't have to hire me for your business realistically so that you'll realize that if you do need to hire somebody i'm actually a, a person who can be known like and trusted Right. And like all of this flows back into business and as everything, man, that's the craziest part about finding this side of life and, and dialing in on it. And I see you doing the same thing is that it all correlates together. The lessons you teach in your business to your employees are the same things that you're teaching at home, but the things you're teaching at home, same need to be taught to those on your team because most people t you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. That's why you got to get in a room with people that fucking do. So they'll share and, and point you in the right direction. Yeah. Giver's gain, dude. Isn't that's like the, 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 the cheesiest line that, with the most impact. It's serious. And, and it can't be, I mean, it's, it's undefeated, right? Where I was just having this conversation today with our team and our little Monday morning huddle, uh, you know, it's like, we're up against some economic pressure. Let's call it that. Right. Where we're starting to see, 
people not necessarily hold their money, but take longer in the decision-making process. And, you know, a couple of our junior advisors and, and some folks that are, that are newer in the game, you know, we're, we're voicing their opinion. And I was like, you know, listen, this isn't, you guys got to get out of the transactional mindset because they're caught there. So you got to get back into knowing your, your client and who they are as a human and then get to solving the problem and then get to the transaction. And if you do it in that order, it's fail proof. Then you basically get to, you know, determine, do you want to work with that person or not? Because who cares if they want to hire you? If you find out that they're a shitty human, you probably don't want to work with them. So get to know them as a human first before the transaction. And, and this has come up and I don't know, the universe is speaking to me, I guess. I'm trying to figure out what the message is because it's coming up a lot lately. I just give. I give to give and I give and that's it. There is no like expectation of like an attaboy because I don't give a fuck about that. There is no expectation of like somewhere, some way business will come my way. I know 100% business is coming back because it's it's the correlation in giving. It is what it is and it is going to happen. It's just a matter of when. And if you force it, that's when the kinks start to happen in the chain and it breaks. But giving to people just unsolicited I bet if you just added that and still slept in till fucking noon because you're goddamn lazy, your life would still be better, right? If you just give. So when you say givers give, like where did that come into your life? What's been your experience with it? Ooh, man, that one, that's kind of been a, a theme throughout my whole life, I think, because growing up, I had a duality. My mom would give us anything and everything she could to the point where I can remember she one time pawned her wedding ring from the dude that had like died. You know, that was like her one memento from her second husband who had overdosed and killed himself. Like she pawned it to go and get all of us school clothes and all the things that we needed for the year so that we could start school with fresh outfits and then went back and paid like, I don't know, 20% interest or some bullshit on a fucking pawn note. And Like, that's how much of a giver my mom was. And on the other side, my dad, he would give us, like, dirt bikes and cool fucking toys. And then, like, three weeks later, he'd be fucking in some kind of trouble for some things that he did and made bad choices on. Like, oh, I got to sell the dirt bike. I got to sell the the go-kart. I got to sell the thing. So, like, I grew up in this weird duality of giving. It was like my mom would give me anything she could. And my dad would give us stuff and then take it away. So I got like real weird about material possessions. And so from the giving standpoint, I've always just know, man, you can't outgive the universe. Like no matter what happens, if you just focus on knowing that things will come your way, the opportunities are always there. You just have to open your eyes and see them. But so many people get into that scarcity mindset of like, hey, if I give my last dollar or if I give away this knowledge, then what's going to happen? And the, the, the real kicker for me is when I had first gotten into working with Ryan and the phone sites team, I was buy, I bought the software and I was using it and I was trying to figure it out. And I started posting in the group and the dev, uh, the developer of the program reached out to me privately. And he's like, Hey man, I see you're doing some stuff in the group. You're helping some people. You're asking good questions. I can tell that you're like really trying to understand this. Here's what I'll do. I'll give you the information that you're looking for but I need you to go and give that back to the community because I can't be in the community. Cause as a developer, like I just don't have that much time. Right. And I said, well, yeah, man, I could do that. But wouldn't that mean they'd have all the, the secret sauce and be able to do all the shit that I can do with it? He said, yeah. 
But that's small thinking because you can go and learn all the shit I'm going to teach you on YouTube if you know what to search for. But you don't know what to search for. So I can give you the game and make it easy on you. Or you can try and figure it out yourself. What do you want to do? I was like, well, fuck, man, give me the game. And wouldn't you know, <laughs> uh, he taught me the thing. I went and made a couple tutorial videos. Those tutorial videos caught Ryan Stuman's eye, saw that I was going above and beyond for the users in his community. He called me and said, hey, man, I got an opportunity for you. What do you think? So just that one, hey, man, I'm going to decide to give and just do a good thing with the knowledge I've been gifted led me to an opportunity that has literally made me a millionaire. Right. I don't know what else what, to say what about are they, that. What is that thing? It's uh, the proof is in the pudding. Is that the old Southern You can't have statement? any pudding if you don't eat your meat. That's what right. I know. Yeah. Well, if you don't finish you. your green beans and your peas, you ain't getting up from the table. That's it, baby. That's it. So let's talk about it. All right. So so that's the transition of how Andrew became Drewby. Now let's talk a little bit about Drewby. Drewby, who I know is the meme lord. Drewby, who I know is called the damn leads. Drewby, who I know, is a guy of quick impact and action, right? So I, I feel like you and I are aligned in certain areas. One is like... I feel like you have a great idea and 30 minutes later, you could have a website posted up about it, right? You're just an impactful guy. Wow. Great idea. Move to action implementation. And I do the same thing. Um, but let's talk about the transition. So fat to skinny, right? Working for someone to working for yourself now still working for yourself and building a culture around apex. And I want to spend some time on apex because Let's just face it. I love me some Apex. Yeah. So let's talk about that transition mentality-wise. Right. So you're healthy. You're feeling better. Time blocking's down. Talk us through the transition of leaving insurance and kind of going into the entrepreneur world. So at one point, I started learning marketing because I knew as a sales guy, I needed more leads to make more sales. And I remember going to my my boss at the time and going, hey, man, I want to invest in this thing, this program that's going to teach me some more marketing skills to get some more leads and make some more money. And he's like, hey, man, just be patient. Like, if you're just patient, you're going to own one of these things in like 10 years, you'll be cruising. And I was like, man, I'm not fucking waiting 10 years. What the fuck? I make 40 grand a year, bro. Like, I don't want to wait 10 years to make six figures. That's crazy. Yeah. And so I, I found the program Apex and I joined with the mentality of, hey, I'm going to learn marketing. So if I can learn marketing, I can pretty much make money anywhere. And then I started a marketing company on the side and kind of like started this whole journey. And I, I, I became Druby because I really started like, I've always been Druby, first of all. That was my drug dealer name. And I kind of just stuck around. Uh, but I really embraced that side of my life when I became a full-blown entrepreneur because when I decided to say, hey, I'm going to walk away from a six-year career in insurance that like pretty much was what everybody expected to be the best job I would ever have because I was a degenerate, almost dropped out of school. I was a drug dealer covered in tattoos. They didn't expect a whole lot from me. Let's just be honest. <laughs> so when I said, hey, I'm going to quit this job, this career, of six years and I'm going to go all in on myself as a whatever you wanted to call me at the time, an entrepreneur, I guess, uh, for a startup company out of Texas. Everyone in my world thought I was absolutely fucking nuts. 
And I'll never forget having a conversation with myself and saying, hey, you're making about four grand a month right now, dude. If you can't make 10 grand a month within the first 90 days, you take your ass back with your tail between your legs and you fucking apologize and you just sit at that desk and you call the damn leads for the rest of your life. Right. I'm serious. Like that was like 10 years. Like, hey, man, you got to do what you got to do. And I went all in and within 45 days, I'd made $30,000. And I never looked back. And I realized if I just focus on helping the people around me solve the problem that they have, everything will start dialing into place. Because when I wanted to join Apex originally, there was a set of salespeople here that the only thing that mattered to them was, hey, man, just pay the money and get in here and you're going to learn some shit. I was like, well, that's cool. What am I going to learn? They're like, well, you're going to learn some stuff. Like you're going to learn marketing and sales. I'm like, okay, but like what kind of marketing and sales? The people at the time were very transactional minded, right? Kind of like some of your young advisors. They were just like, hey, how am I going to get this money? And all I needed was someone to say, well, you're going to learn X, Y, and Z in this order. And this is the result you can expect. Because as soon as I got that, I swiped my credit card, which I maxed out my first ever business credit card to join this comp- this program as a member. That's how much I was like, fuck, I got to do something. And then I went all in. So when I joined the company as a part of the company, my whole mentality was I'm going to be the representative for this company that I always wanted and needed. I'm going to make sure people are educated, that they have what they need when they make this decision and this investment in themselves. Because when I did it the first time, it was literally the biggest investment I'd ever made in myself outside of going to college, which I kind of thought was fuck off because I just took 20 grand in student loans and ended up just you know writing that shit off like the most of us do. So like I'd never spent money on myself. And when I did that, I realized, hey, I got to do this. And I need to be the person that I always wanted to be, that example I always needed along the way so that I can prove to myself that it's possible. And it's just going right back to like with being a yeah. good parent, being a good father, husband. I didn't have a great example of a great husband and my, my mom and dad. I didn't have a great example of a great father. So like I've got to fucking figure that shit out. And to get in a room and, and sit down and listen to the people. And it that, ain't easy. Hey, man, it ain't easy. And it ain't easy now being around some of the smartest individuals in the world because nobody has it figured out. But when you get around people that are intentional and really think about the fact that, hey, I don't know what I don't know. That's why I'm in this room. But the things that I have experience in, the things that I've gone through and dealt with in life, I'm willing to share those with everybody who's here sharing their shit. Because together we can find a way to keep getting better. And that's what made the biggest difference. That's how I went from being like overweight and unhappy to being dialed in and being excited and knowing, hey, it's 3.30 a.m. and I'm already up in my mind thinking about my day ahead, knowing that that alarm's going to go off at 4 a.m. And rolling over and looking at it and going, fuck, 3.37. I knew it. All right, cool. I guess we're going to start today a little early today. But yeah. that's that's the transition that I had to go through. Like I had to go all in and truly believe it because if I didn't have that initial belief and then prove it to myself, it would have been like every other new year's resolution that we start and then give up on three weeks in just a little bit of contention. And I quit, you know, that's how many people do you and I know that start something with great intention and quit because it didn't go according to their master plan. They hit a little road bump. They're like, ah, fuck this. I'm out. Happens all the time. And way too many. I don't know. I've been in business now 20 years, right? 
there's shit that happens daily that I that that like fuck, I gotta deal with this at this level. This is ridiculous. But I don't quit. You don't quit. We just handle the business and move on, move forward. So let, let's talk about Apex, right? And because I think all of this is relatable to Apex and what Apex does as a service and and the base of the group. It helps growth-oriented entrepreneurs like shorten the length of pain, right? The shit sandwich. Everyone has heard me say this. Like, you can nibble on it and, and cherish it and enjoy the flavor, or you can gulp that bitch down, eat it in a couple big bites. But I think Apex allows people who aren't lazy to shorten that pain period and really learn from a bunch of dudes who have who, who just got their asses whipped in business. So Apex is a place for any of you who are listening, whether you're thinking about becoming a business owner or doing nine figures, because we got some big dogs in there too, right? If this is a place you can seek out to learn, right? And to give. Give. I give a lot to the group, or at least I try to anyway, right? I mean, Let's I'm hear surprised what Apex you don't have your pockets worst. turned out the way you give, bro. It's crazy. I see you in there just well, giving like a wild man. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's part of the culture and what I do. So what's Apex to you? And and where did Apex change your life outside of, you know, becoming who you are in Apex? And that's a loaded question, but I, I got you. So Apex to me is a community of individuals that will help you fast track the journey to your success. Now, I, I said earlier on in the, the conversation, you can't buy time. It's true. You can't. You can't buy it, but you can compress it. And so I I wrote a blog like four years ago, and I really – I've never seen anyone else talk about it this way, but I, I call it social drafting because if you watch NASCAR, what do they do? They draft around behind each other. I'm really into cycling. So if you watch the Tour de France or any cycling race, they have the Peloton uh, – the Peloton, Peloton – whatever. I don't fucking know. Uh, but they all group together and they used each other to get more done more effectively. So the guy at the front of the pack is working his ass off and the guys behind him are systematically working less and less, but getting the same amount of energy from the effort. And then when he gets tired, he comes to the back and he drafts behind these guys and they start using some energy. And so as a team, as a unit, they're able to go significantly faster and farther by working together. Right. And so the reason I call it social drafting is because as a business owner, entrepreneur, sales professional, wherever you are in that journey, there is a group of people out there who are taking a similar journey down a similar path. Right. And you can get into that peloton of, of people and you can kind of hang out on the outskirts at first and kind of cruise along with them. And the more comfortable you get, the more you can move yourself into the middle. And if you're really working hard, you find yourself out front leading the pack at different times. Right. And this is what you and I start to recognize that in our circle, you see those cycles. Sometimes there's like one guy that's just out there absolutely killing it, but we all get tired. You get to a point where you've been running 60, 90, 120 days strong. And you're like, fuck man, I got to take a break or I'm going to break the whole machine. So they peel back a little bit and someone else comes in and you're like, oh man, this dude was killing it. But now here's this other dude ready to just jump into his place and keep the ball rolling. 
And as a team, when we're collectively with that mindset of we're all working forward to become this greatest version of ourselves, then everybody's able to get there farther, faster, and with more energy left to keep enjoying life that we have once we get to that goal. Because you and I both know that race might be over, but life does not stop at the end of that first race. There's always right. more to do. Plan so another race. That's it. You plan the next race. You plan the next thing. You set the next goal. You find the next accomplishment that you're looking for. And you get in a group of people that are on that path so that you can roll with them and get to that journey. Because we can all do the shit alone. But it sucks. It's not fun. And honestly, it's not worth it. It's a lot more fun when you got a team of people and you get to say, like your junior advisors, hey, we're going to push through this weird little economic turn. And when yeah. you guys get into the mindset and realize that your lack of sales is reflected in the fact that these people don't have money either. So if they don't want to spend money, like, what does that mean? How are you going to address that part of the conversation instead of just worrying about the fact that you don't have money going into your bank account? How are you going to help them understand here's the things we're doing to better prepare and be in a position to handle these things so that in the future, inevitably, the cycle always happens, we can be better prepared. So whether we do business now or in six months when things turn around, I just want to make sure you're in a position to be better prepared. What's going to happen when that person has the extra funds? What's going to happen when they're ready to make that decision? They're going to say, well, John Smith over here at Thailand was the fucking one that gave me the information I needed when I needed it and was patient enough to be there for me when it was my time to take action. So guess who's getting my business now? Yep. Yeah, love it. You know, and that's, if you come into a group like that, a mastermind, whatever you want to call it, right? I, now it's family of choice, which these people hear about. But you've also got to come correct, mm. right? You got to come in and be authentic. You got to come in and, and learn. You can't come and scalp and sell and try to use the group because this group is ruthless. They'll sniff that shit out in a heartbeat and you'll be embarrassed and probably on to a different career. But if done correctly, not only do you get to learn, but by the nature of learning who other people are, business happens. Mm. If you're the right fit for the right people. So not only do you go into a group like this, hey, you got to pay. It's going to cost you a significant amount of money. But you, the, the lessons learned, the shortchanging of pain, the increase in revenue that will come, it's, it's dumb not to invest in yourself, right? So investing in yourself first and foremost, then getting in the group and actually using it as an investment as opposed to uh, you know, a pig sloth of new potential clients because that shit doesn't work. For me, it's probably four or five X or revenue in a short amount of time. And I'm not talking about business from the group external factors that have changed things that I've implemented shit that I've learned plug and play. And the fact that like, if I have an issue and going and posting that issue inside of our group, there's probably 10 dudes or, or females, whoever that are willing to jump on the phone with me in the next 20 minutes and help me fix it. And that shit is, you know, there's no amount, you know, amount of money you can put on that. I want to pause there for just a second because I, I, I don't think, I don't think we embrace the impact of how valuable that is. No. Imagine that for a small sum of money, because you say it's a lot, and I, like we, that's perspective, sure. right? Depending on, on how you view money, an investment in yourself can be very, very small or very, very large. 
But Facts. here's here's what I know about that is that if you could have someone on staff that you could pick up the phone and call at any given time, like a lifeline on who wants to be a millionaire and say, hey, this is the issue that I'm dealing with. What the fuck do I got to do? And know that you've got at least 12 to 15 different solid answers coming your way. Yeah. What would that be worth to you? Unlimited. I mean, yeah. Unlimited. <laughs> that that that's a great perspective of a question, right? And I'm gonna have to go to our sales guys now. So, like, before we give this to the public, don't let this out. You know, I'm gonna yeah, cut I'll, that out, and we're gonna say I got this you. was edited for greatness. <laughs> uh, no, but like, I I think that's the thing, though, right? If you knew that yeah. you had someone in your back pocket at all times that you could reach out to and get an answer within 24 hours, let's say, let's like, let's not even over promise. Let's just say within 24 to 48 hours, you can have some sort of solution to the problem that you're facing. What would that be worth to you? Would it be worth 2,500 bucks? Would it be worth 25,000, 250,000? That's all a perspective based on where you are in your journey right now. Keith. And I think that's the thing that's so great about apex is that wherever you are, there is a room and a conversation for what you're going through. You could just be getting started in sales like when I joined five years ago and it was like, hey, man, I'm great at sales. Great. Uh, if I just get more leads, I'll make more money. Not realizing that, yeah, getting more leads made me more money, but becoming a better version of myself, being more dialed in, being more intentional, focusing on a few key factors in life like gratitude and the people that I'm around and giving with the mentality that it doesn't have to be just transactional. Well, fuck, man, I didn't just like one to two X my income. I tend to 20 X my income, but right. that's not even the most important part. Yeah. It's knowing that I can get on a call with someone like you and we can have a conversation where literally within 60 minutes, we can make six figures worth of revenue happen by yeah. just dialing in and being intentional. Yeah. That's what's so crazy, man. <clears throat> yeah. All good points. So been on this thing an hour. I could probably go for three more hours with you, but we won't do it. Okay. How, how do the dudes and the females and all the people get a hold of you? So if you go to drewbywilson.com, D-R-E-W-B-I-E, wilson.com. It's got all my socials, got my podcasts, my books, all that kind of stuff. Cause we didn't even really get into that, man. Like, not only have I been able to build my income in five years, but I've written three books. Two of them were Amazon bestsellers. I have a podcast with over 750 episodes. That's just one of many I'm on. Um, I've spoken on stage. I've traveled around the world. And yeah. the most important thing, none of that shit, the business stuff aside, my relationship with my wife is better. I get to spend more time with my son. We're literally getting ready to pack up the camper and go out for like seven to 10 days to just hang out in the camper that we bought and still be able to work remote because I'm not tied to an office where I have to show up and work for someone else. I get to utilize my time, talent, and treasure to make a difference in the world. Fuck, man, that's what it's all about. Oh, yeah. That's the difference. And if someone wants to learn how I've done that in my life, coming from a degenerate drug dealer with fucking crazy parents and a whole ass story that you'll read about in my book, Go to drewbywilson.com. Check it out. But more importantly, make sure you follow Keith in this show because my dude's out here putting in the value. He's bringing out the goodness. He's bringing amazing people on to share their story. And you never know if you just listen to one thing and take action on it in the next 30 days, what kind of impact that could make in your life. That's right. We'll drop all your links and Apex. We'll get all that in there. Show notes. Thanks, brother. 
We'll have a 2.0 will be about uh, all the cool shit we've done and post post uh, Apex. I love it. Well, yeah, if you guys want to know more about Apex, go to jointheapex.com. Either either one of those websites will point you in the right direction for greatness. You can't go wrong. That's it. Well, that's the end of the show for today. Hope you guys enjoyed it. My homie Drewby, a.k.a. the Meme Lord, a.k.a. Call the Damn Leads, Meme Lord in the house. As always, if we can do anything for you, reach out. We'd both be happy to jump on a call with you and get you squared away. 